Welcome, weirdos, to the uh, first ever live, this isn't it, this is the intro to it, but this is the first live You Made It Weird we've ever done. We did it at South by Southwest, and uh, impossibly, as you know, Judd Apatow came on, and it went great. I'm happy to say that. So let's, as always, skip this and just get into it. I even do the the gameplay ad live, so I don't have to do this. I just want to say... Go to Facebook.com, regular slash You Made It Weird, post things, favorite moments, drawings, all that stuff. I love it. We're going to be sending out some uh, t-shirts to some people that we pick randomly, people that are great, people who aren't that great. If you draw something terrible, maybe you get a t-shirt anyway, just because I thought it was a good moment you picked. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, you also, you, anyway, also email the show, weird at nerdist.com. I do read those. It's me, not Katie. Katie doesn't have time. Right, Katie? That's right. That's Katie. What am I? What am I, 50? Who makes that joke? And uh, tour dates are on PeteHolmes.com. Uh, New York City is coming up for another You Made It Weird Live, which is going to be great with Jim Gaffigan, Michael Ian Black. That's at the Gramercy Theater, 10 p.m. Uh, on April 7th. Go get tickets to that. Weirdos want to see you out there. I know it's a Jewish holiday, but please, come on. Get your priorities straight. <laughs> uh, Portland, uh, Atlanta, Salt Lake City, Indiana. These are coming up. Uh, and one other thing that I, two other things I'm going to plug. One is I just did Duncan Trussell's podcast, and it was one of the best conversations I've had in my life. And I highly recommend go on iTunes, type in Duncan Trussell. It just came out. Please enjoy that episode. I loved it. It was honestly, it was it was stirring. It was interesting. It was funny. I really hope you enjoy it. And uh, we're going to get Duncan to come on this show as well. Um, he's actually taping tomorrow, which is going to be great. But go listen to that. In case you ever listen to this show and go, I like it, but it's only 99% about Pete. I'd really like a show that's more about Pete. Uh, and the other thing is Ugly Americans. It's back. Watch it. I do a bunch of voices. I'm the fish man. I'm Martin the two-headed guy. Come on. It's on Comedy Central Wednesdays, 10.30, 9.30 Central. That's it. Play the play the episode, Catherine. Her name's not Catherine. It's Katie. Now entering Nerdist.com. seen the show never seen the show why is giant Val Kilmer yelling at you you don't know why you're here he pointed at me in the perfect way like yeah I get it I also would have accepted Matthew Modine anybody anybody own gross anatomy on laserdisc okay welcome to the first uh, you made it weird live I'm supposed to like sit down it doesn't feel right because I'm a stand-up I want to I want to do stand there and do jokes but we're gonna do, we're gonna do a podcast uh, instead <laughs> that guy's here. He's like, I got my laugh ready, ready to go. I couldn't tell if you were like telling me to fuck myself or if that's your real laugh and now I'm an asshole. But either way, is the best laugh in the business. Uh, well, the, yeah, the show is fantastic. We have wonderful guests. What I wanted to do up top, because we are all here together, uh, uh, possibly drinking. I've, I've begun drinking. Yeah. Let's, let's give it up for our crutches. Uh, we, I, some of you may know this, is that we had a uh, You Made It Weird drinking game 
And a lot of you guys posted on the wall. So I thought, since we're doing this live, and for those listening at home or wherever you are, at the gym, you can play. <laughs> you too can play the You Made a Weird Drinking Game. So this will be the first time that we're able to do this. So these are, these are some of them. And these are uh, people, uh, Scott Moores, Mores said, every, you have to take a drink every time I say, I know we've said this on the show before, but... <laughs> These are gonna, these are, don't make that noise for that one. That's one of the nicer ones. These, are, these get worse. Lance Hansen, every time Pete calls the guest a son of a bitch, that's gonna happen. Anytime Pete calls sex intercourse, it's a technical term. Begin intercourse. I'm very romantic. When I have sex with a person, I'm like, yes, this is intercourse. You just look right at him. James Earl Jones, this is CNN style. That was, uh, this is Grayson, these are the worst names ever. Grayson Ursic? No. Ursic Grayson Is he here? That's not a good name then That is not a good name Chug a beer every time Pete brings up absent fathers Overbearing mothers That's, that's a good one Anytime a variation of the pier spit comes up Take a drink Thank you Emily Emily Gordon is here She's in the back She's not coming out though Every time a comedian admits to being an atheist That's everybody Sad one when Pete compares comedy clubs to lifting weights and alt rooms to doing cardio. <laughs> I repeat myself a lot. It's a valid point. Anytime I say sharpshooter or laser accuracy. Six sips. I like this one. Six sips every time Pete mentions his ex-wife. One for each pump he soldiered through on his belated journey to manhood. <laughs> Every time I say fuck you forever, conspiracy theory, uh, pour out a little for your homies every time Pete mentions knowing him and his wife would get married after the first time she blew him. Is that something I say a lot? No? The guy who hasn't seen the show is like, what? How do I leave? (laughs) How do I I get out of here? You shoot from the hip, direct specific attention, uh, there will be blood. Every time I laugh like teehee. Every time Pete says, I know I've said this before. Every time Pete says, there's springs and there's sponges. <laughs> One of the more embarrassing theories. Anytime Pete does his T.J. Miller impression. Yeah! Yogi Bear! Denver! Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, drink every time Pete mentions Kumail and Emily. I, I already did it! I already did it! You have to drink! I already said Emily. Oh my God, Emily, take a drink! Finish the drink if Pete does his Kumail impression. So that's in there. That's in there. Oh, my God. Uh, Anytime Pete doesn't know who someone is. Examples, Casey Anthony, Mary Lynn Retsch Club. I still don't know who that is. I'm sorry. Mary Lynn Rice Cakes. I understand she's a comedian. A lot of people were mad about that. We'll get her on the show. And finally, of course, anytime Pete mentions Chelsea Peretti. So that's already happened. So you guys are probably dead. Are you guys ready? Oh, I have to do the, the sponsors. I have to do the sponsors. Emily thinks that's funny. Uh, the Gamefly. <laughs> it's brought to you by Gamefly.com. Regular slash weird. Go there. We don't have to do this live. I just wanted to tell you all the all the awesome games they have. Boxcar hobos. Uh, spaghetti wrestling. That's a big one. That's the sequel to ZD wrestling. Oh, the new PlayStation 3 game. Pat say Jack can't find his watch. That's that's an awesome game. Crowded Bus 3 Airport Shuttle. That's a good one. Frogger. 
racist Donkey Kong country. <laughs> and uh, Lego Stand By Me. That's gonna be great. Those are good. Are you guys ready to do this? Those are the sponsors. I'm excited to begin. I'm excited to begin. Well, this guy, uh, he's already come up on the show, and uh, you know him and you love him. He was the first guest on the show, so I thought, how perfect would it be to have him be the first live guest? Please give it up for my friend, Mr. Kumail Nanjiani! Yeah! Denver! Hey, buddy. I have so much sweat on my arm now. No, that's product. Oh, oh, geez. That's product. Oh, my God! Is that how I sound? Yes. That's not how I sound. That's not how I sound. <laughs> it's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> oh my God, I love you so much. Let's dance. Let's, let's dance. dance. Let's dance. Emily, let's dance. Yeah. Is that better? You can't do regular white. You can just do southern white. <laughs> That's yes, true. that's right. I call the other white I regular do, white. I do southern white almost every day. Oh, shit! It's a reference to intercourse. <laughs> yep, you got a drink. You got and a drink. And Emily at the same time. Oh, my God. Oh, my, oh my God. God! That's three. Anyone listening is dead. <laughs> Anyone's listening is dead. We use the same product, what you got on you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I borrowed your product before. Yeah. Guys, don't talk about it. We got stuff in our hair. You know, we've got stuff in our hair, and it's, you know, it's, I've tried a lot of different ones, and there's one that sort of, I know you guys are like, you wanted to look like that. I've been here for two fucking days. Back off, Austin. It's oh, very you, humid here. You mean your current hair? Yeah. I think your a, hair looks great. Thank you. <laughs> ah, it's great. It's so great. We do use the same product, though. Yeah, it's good. I know that's not like the most fruitful topic, but yeah, feel that. It's that's, reality. Yeah. If this was on TV, you might turn it off, but here we got Who's work. the guy that hasn't... This guy, guess who oh. Back in the old plaid shorts. How did you come did. here? Why did you come? Ja- oh, okay. Ja- Let's not say his name just yet. No, no, no. That's totally yeah. fine. He, he's not here. You know, for years... I'm really sorry. Half the people leave. We have Sinbad, though. We have... <laughs> love to get Sinbad on. I loved his... Uh, of course he would. Sinbad is fantastic. Yeah. You know what his fucking problem is? His goddamn name is Sinbad. <laughs> That's what his mama named him. I don't think it is. Yeah, me neither. It's gotta be like, at some age, he was like, I'm Sinbad. And no one had the heart to be like, no, no. Or maybe it's no. like Sinbad Edwards or something, you know? <laughs> it's, he's gonna have a last name. Sinbad Blackbeard, I believe is what it is. He's okay. Just, he's just doubly blessed. <laughs> you know what the first weird... Because you've already done the show. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, for the hair product, it has taken me a long time to admit that I use it, because for years I would... Uh, I didn't use it, and then I just used to use, like, face moisturizer. I used to put it in my hair, so that if people asked, I would be like, I don't have any hair product in my hair. <laughs> just, like, the worst. And I thought people gave a shit. That is hilarious. That is your loophole. It was like, just like shiny because it's not supposed perfect. to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But gross. still doing things that normal hair can't do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I often wake up in the morning with the most fashionable, like the, the like Fallout Boy haircut. You know what I mean? That's my example of a cool band, by the way. Fallout Boy. Great to be here at South by Southwest. <laughs> you guys going to the Three Doors Down show after this? 
Third Eye Blind is playing. Chumbawamba. Blink-182. Yeah. I actually love Blink-182. Oh, shut up. Well, what do you like? I don't know Blink-182. You love Ho- you love Bruce Springsteen. I like Hokey. Yeah, I like Bruce Springsteen. I can't get into I, it. Whenever I tell everyone's like, born in the USA, that's ironic. <laughs> I'm like, fuck off. Because <laughs> I wasn't. So the song is also ironic. Yeah. Born in the USA. You were born in a Call of Duty level. That's the advantage I had playing that level. I was like, I got this. Let's go in here. Let's go into this video store. (laughs) There literally is a level called Karachi. Mr. Siddiqui is still here. He has flashbangs. He has flashbangs. <laughs> you are you're from Karachi, which is a level. Yeah. I think of you every yeah, time. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and it looks nothing like my home looks. It's I've talked about this, but instead of Urdu, all the language it, all the signs are in. Did somebody just woo for Urdu? Uh, what's your name, sir? Sahir. So, okay, story checks out. <laughs> Sahir is not a poser. Yeah, yeah. Sahir is walking the walk. My name is Tyler Whitebread. But... <laughs> Yes, Kia Hohe. Well, some people won't say fake names. Like, uh, people will say Apu, which is fucking awful. Yeah, but people will. That but... was one of those That was one of those defining moments when we were in Chicago, and you used to get a... Chicago! We used to get a lot of shit about that, uh, about being brown, I mean. And one of these guys was like, it's okay, we're like long, long friends. And We're long friends? That's yeah, a weird yeah. way to put it. Well... Oh, I, we go way far. I just felt a lot of white assholes tightening up when I said that you were... They were like, I don't know if I like that. A, I don't know if Sahil I... Is fun. Sahir or Sahil? Sagar. Sagar. Okay. Sagar. Super legit. Yeah. <laughs> there are bits to do, but... I mean, yeah. <laughs> you let that go. Yeah, yeah. Sagar, well, go. no, it, it means like a it means, brook. It means ocean. Ocean. I sort of played it down a little bit, but you were fucking arrogant about it. It means ocean. Sagar. There are seven sagars in the world. I'm the Indian one. In Ireland, your name is... In Europe, your name is football? I'm not here to not make jokes that I think about, guys. If I did the math, you're going to hear it. I had to work that out. It it took a while. The guy who doesn't even like the show is loving the show the most. He's on board. Judd's not here. We got Kathy Griffin. I'm sorry. Judd is not coming out. Fucking guy. Gallagher is coming, so cover your faces. Yeah. There's going to be some racism thrown at you. Yeah, he's the guy. If he called you brown, it wouldn't be okay, but I'm... I'm no, fine. yeah, you're okay. What was yeah. the story you were... Well, that guy, remember that fat guy? Oh. And he was like... It's weird where certain little things, for some reason, stay with you. And for yeah. some reason, that what horrible... Was oh, let's not even say his name, I... but it was a horrible, like, stage name. It yeah. was like, mm, Pretzel Face or whatever. Old Pretzel Face was, you know, pretty standard... <laughs> stage name and I was with you and I had so much respect for you because we were so new and this guy had been doing comedy for a couple of years and he was like please just say thank you come again that's what he, he wanted like oh, a poo. Yeah. he wanted you to do a poo yeah. and you were like no way <laughs> I like that you and then I stand up for me by the no way <laughs> you're doing a horrible impression of me although yeah. it's not it's not a racist impression no yeah because that's not the standard no yeah. but yeah I people say it sounds now. like Bjork my impression of you. Do it. Hey, my new album is a swan. <laughs> I just come out and I choke a goat. <laughs> and then we put a beat to it. Oh my God, Emily. 
I know it's so tense in Get here. Down! This is why we don't do the show in front of an audience. No, it's, like, it's great. It's so, no, no, I just mean for moments like that. Because, like, is this all right? Yeah, it's all right. It's yeah. all right. We go way long. Yeah. <laughs> We're long friends. The the first weird thing is that you don't tell me anything. What do you mean? You don't tell me anything. What does that mean? You don't, I tell I you mean, everything. Like, uh, career stuff. Like something awesome will happen to you. Uh, uh-huh. Like, for example, I didn't know you were in the movie Five Year Engagement, the director of which is not here. Well, he didn't direct it, but... The producer of which is not here. <laughs> the director of that is well, also Who cares? Not he's here. not here, and he's never going to yeah. listen to this. Uh, um, see, I didn't know that, but like, I feel like you I, did. I, I find a nickel you. on the street, and I call you and Emily immediately. And yeah. Like, I found five shiny ones. I, I find it hard to talk about myself. I don't it's understand that at all. <laughs> I really don't know. No, that. I know you don't. <laughs> Have they heard the show? Well, this guy hasn't. Yeah. set him up. Yeah. You knock him down. Well, for it's, example, a, it's a Pete monologue broken by other people saying, yeah, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> really? You have religious struggles? Aren't you a 32-year-old man? No, that's your thing. You said I'm going through the same crisis. That like, that, like freshman in college went through. He's like, well, what if there isn't a god? And I'm like, there's a kegger. Let's go. It's going to fuck it up. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, uh, what you had was you got married so young yep. and you went to like a religious school that yep. it sort of... So I was in... A, I was like I was cryo- cryogenically frozen. For like a good 10 years. Like Sigourney Weaver. And yeah. I came out and I smoked and looked for unobtainium. Was she frozen in that movie? She was in... She was in stasis. <clears throat> what is... Stasis? Yeah. It's like being frozen. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, it's frozen. Yeah, I like and I to actually, say, I like I, to say intensive. Purposes. Intensive purposes is good. Supposedly is good. Yes, yes. Irregardless is a personal favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the thing that you didn't tell me most recently was that you auditioned for the Saturday Night Live. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. No, what to I do. did. I didn't tell you. you. Did. You know what? I did it. No, I tell you, and I you don't listen to me. I guess I do. You don't fucking listen yes, to me. I do. Emily didn't tell me either, and you didn't tell me, and we've had seated, heated meals together where you did. There's lulls. Heated meals. Lulls in the conversation. It wasn't frozen yogurt, Kumail. Well, heated, we, heated meals. Uh, those are, it's more Hot sandwiches. Hot sandwiches. We had paninis. And lulls were happening where you could have said, I'm going no, to 30 Rock. I swear I told you. I would have you shit didn't, my pants. You didn't, you didn't listen. I definitely did. You were like, is there a God? But you were doing it as an impression of me. <laughs> Remember when we were looking through the philosophy book and I went, oh, there's, that's where you lost your faith. Yeah. Camille was a philosophy major. Uh, anyway. Every time we, we talk about this on a podcast, and then we have to cut it out. Which, oh, that's right. We're not. Oh, you didn't lose your faith. Sagar, don't take word back to the motherland. <laughs> and we looked, and he's gone. Sagar's already he's just on, on foot. Yeah, he's walking the street. Kamel's mom! I bring news of your son. Thank you, Sagar. Yeah. Everyone whose son is still a devout Muslim, please step forward. Not so fast, the Nanjianis. We don't have to take that out. That was the best. <laughs> okay, fine. 
<laughs> I hope my mom doesn't listen to it. Please tell me about auditioning for SNL, which I get, I'd bet $1,000 in cash that you never told me that. Um, it was really, it was the first time I'd been nervous in a very, very long time, which is like a fun, sort of a weird, fun feeling. Like, yes. Back when we used to audition for like Montreal and those festivals like three, four years ago, you know, when that was... Yeah. Uh, I felt like that, and then just before I went on, I, I walked out, and I was wa- walking back in. I saw, like, Lorne Lorn Michaels walk by, yep. who is a real human being. Yep. Um, and he uses his legs to... I thought he would just, like, sort of <laughs> glide across. Yeah. Just in some sort of, like, contraption, you know, that yeah. his followers have or, or for Or you just see his head in, like, a Krang robot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, like, in the stomach. Yeah. yeah, let's begin the audition. But he was a real guy, and he was... Um, he seemed very nice and like a normal guy. And then wait, where are you? you're seeing him before? Uh, yeah, it was like a show like this. And uh, like I have to tell you what a show is. <laughs> I was on stage, and he was one of the people in the. Imagine like this, except uh, Lorne Michaels is there, and Sagar. Sagar, you were not there. <laughs> Sagar is not there. Uh, so it was really nerve wracking, but it was really fun, you know. Uh, no, not enough. What? You want me to tell you more? Yeah. What did you do? Characters? No. You did stand-up? Yeah. You did it at 30 Rock? Uh, no, I did it at... Oh, uh, you did it at a club. I did it at a club, yeah. yeah. But it was like, you know, Seth Meyers and all those guys were there, like all the SNL people were there. Thomas Middledish was there? That, that joke is so inside, literally only you and I. Even I don't get it. <laughs> it's so inside, only you get it. <laughs> See, he's laughing. He's like, I killed it. <laughs> This show's going great up here. <laughs> it's going uh, great here too. Well, that's fantastic. And then what did you you didn't you're not going to do it? Oh well, I did hear. Uh, okay, no, 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 no. I, I can't say. Wow. Well, I'm not. I'll say I'm not going to be on SNL. But I, I I I haven't heard anything officially yet, or anything. I haven't heard anything. My ears are burning right now. I'm yeah. so embarrassed. Um, no, I haven't heard anything. Ride it out, ride it out, ride it out, ride it out. I really have. Emily, help! No, no, no. Yeah. Perfect. We're sledding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sledding. Yeah. We were about to hit a tree. Then old Petey shifted his weight to the right (laughs) and said, Kumail Nanjiani, everybody, clap for Kumail! Now don't. Don't leave. I'll be right here. Don't leave. Move one seat down if you, yes. if you don't mind. Uh, and this next guy is not here. <laughs> I was literally trying to figure out the weirdest order we could go in. No one thought this guy would be second. Ladies and gentlemen, holy shit, Judd Apatow! <laughs> Hello. We filled it. We filled it. Yeah. We did it. We did it. Was, you was, did it. This guy came just to see you. He's never listened to this I goddamn know. He's show. He's got my haircut too. <laughs> That's kind of you and Dimitri had yeah. a baby a little bit. I was tweeting just to you know to fill the house. Did you really? It's important you have a full house at a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be recorded forever. Yes. Well, th- uh, first first question. I think it's on everybody's mind is. Uh, uh, what are you doing? Why did you do the show? <laughs> That's a really good question. Everybody, everybody I know is coming up to me and going, wow, Judd, why? How, is, how did he say yes? 
Yeah, well, you know, at some part in your life, you know, you're just so wealthy, you just have to take chances. <laughs> you just got to shake it up, you know, I got to feel again. Yes. <laughs> it was a decision you made on a heated leather floor, is that what Although it was? Although I was sitting backstage going like, I have come to the point in my life where I'm not nervous at all. I don't know if that's because I don't care about you or... Uh, I'm guessing that's it. I don't know if it's bridesmaids' money's coming in, I just... <laughs> I just thought, like, I'm without nerves at this point. Yes, but you wanted to do it. Did you know, uh, which is weird, I'm going to put that on you. You wanted to do it. Yeah. Have you ever listened to the show? No. No, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know who you are. Uh, I, I've never seen you before today. I've never even heard your name before. Your manager, Dave Brath, who's an old friend of mine, said, can you do the podcast? I like and that I, he made uh, it weird this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I listened to Dave, because I've known Dave since I was a young man, your manager. Yeah. Uh, and even when he asked me to do it, I didn't go like, tell me about Pete. Right. Uh, I didn't care. I was like, okay, Dave, if you think it'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get on YouTube and watch all your clips or yeah. anything. Uh, well. Uh, but now that I'm here, uh, I'm very happy to be here. That was such a, what a nice and sweet way to bring it home. It's weird. I love getting shit on, so it's almost like you have listened to the show. And we actually have met one other time, which I'm going to tell you about, which is I was doing warm-up comedy for The Daily Show. It's a television show. And I, uh, and I happened to... And you were the guest. And I happened to walk out, and you and, and your lovely wife, Leslie Mann, were leaving at the same time as me. And I said, what do you say? You're the warm-up guy. You're just kind of like a... You're like the mater D. You know what I mean? You don't greet... You don't say goodbye as people... Actually, that is your job. You say goodbye as people are leaving. <laughs> But I saw you when I came up to you, and I'm like, what do I do? I don't want to be one of those people. But I said, hi, I'm the warm-up guy. And, then, and you were like, well, hey, nice to meet you. They were a great crowd. And I was like, what is this guy, the nicest? <laughs> Who compliments the warm-up guy on really whipping him in? Not John Stewart, the fucking fat... Which one haven't I done yet? John Ritter really got him going. <laughs> It was me. It was me. So that was a sensational first meeting. In my private world, when no one can see, I'm still not a dick. Not at all. That's good. You it's good to know that. flicked a lit cigarette at me. I could have, yes. You absolutely yeah. could have. And you know what's fucking weird about someone in your position? When I met Alec Baldwin, he bought me a chicken... Oh, Jesus oh, Christ, on. Pete. Hey, uh, could you pick up the... Um... Name? Yeah, the name. Uh, you mean Alec Baldwin? Right here? There it is. When I, I met even, Alec Baldwin, listen, my point you can't is, just start a sentence like that. I just did. We're all people. <laughs> Here's what happened, though. It's not like I met, I happened to be in a place where he was, and he bought us all chicken fingers, and now here I am. Oh, here it goes. Alec Baldwin bought me chicken fingers. But don't you see? We all have that story, right? Who doesn't? This is why I wanted Judd to go first, you fucking asshole. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm kidding, it's ahead. perfect. Uh, something like that happens, and fucking now I feel like such a dick, but Alec Baldwin bought a chicken fingers. That is a story. It's one event. It's two seconds in his life. I met you, good or bad, it would have been a story for the rest of my life sort of thing. That's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure to be uh, nice to every asshole who walks up to you? Exactly. <laughs> Do you feel that way? I just walk around this whole film festival going, can I be nice to every single person who walks up to me on the street? And I have pulled it off so far. You don't, I don't like any of you. I don't like any of you. I will take your DVDs and I'll watch them uh, at, at my home. Do you get handed a lot of DVDs? I get handed some DVDs. Every once in a while I'll pop one in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I was walking uh, uh, through uh, like Bloomingdale's or something and this, this woman walked up to me and she's like, I have you on my vision board. <laughs> 
you're on my vision board that I would act in one of your things oh one day. Oh my god. And and then I just turned to Leslie and she was like walking away. I'm like, I should go run, get her, and put her in the next movie just to blow her fucking mind. <laughs> Like, Oprah was right. That, that would be incredible. Yeah, and then she turned a corner and I couldn't find her. That's the kind of power that you have. Uh, you could make a woman believe in the power of cutting and pasting. Yeah. That's having right. a profound That's spiritual right. impact. I, right. I dated a girl that had a vision board, by the way. That is, that is a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> Every morning you wake up after intercourse and you just look at, like, fucking... You know, palm trees. I saw her vision board. It was pictures of you and wedding rings. I'm not joking. <laughs> That's what it was. You just made it really fucking weird. That's incredible. And you did see it. I have. <laughs> I have the biggest talent crush on your wife. I am very into your wife. <laughs> I'm all for that. I'm, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean by that. I actually ran this by, by Kumail, because I was like, if I told you I had a talent crush on Emily, it's not, it doesn't read as I want to fuck Emily. I but, love your wife. She's incredible. How? How? How did I get her? No, not that you're like a schlub. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> yeah, when Knocked Up came out, everyone was like, Seth Rogen could never get a woman like Katherine Heigl. And I thought, look at me. Right. Uh, I actually, I, I just, I watched, Knocked Up is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. Where was where was Cloud Shorts at that moment? Carry the crowd, Dimitri Apatow. Your hair looks like it could be removed in one piece. Like if you were just like, ah, oh, long day, and you just put on a mannequin head. It's like a Lego hair piece. <laughs> exactly. You look like a yeah. You, you got. He's it. got some Dave Franco in there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you, you're everybody. I'm every white person. You're every whatever we're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what category that was. Um, how, did you, you, how did you meet this wonderful woman? Uh, well, my wife came in to read for The Cable Guy. and uh, Your involvement, you rewrote The Cable Guy? Uh, yeah, right? I, I was the producer of The Cable Guy. And she came in and read, and, and it really was one of those... It was love at first sight for one person. Uh, <laughs> Took you a couple <laughs> years to jump on board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kumail had to win over Emily, too. That, that's the other great love. I'm assuming yours is another great love story. So, yeah, you have to... There's Emily. You well, have what to, tells, tells yours? Yeah, you have to uh, chase uh, it. I mean, uh, you know, uh, all... Uh, well, after she left, I turned to Ben Stiller, and I said, that is so weird that Mrs. Apatow would just walk in this room... No! ...and just sit down next Aww. to me. Uh, and then there's, you know, six months of very thoughtful stalking happening. <laughs> After that, the I don't town. think she. I, to this day, I still don't know if she knows we're dating. I, uh, she may still think this is part. Of well, you her. have little children running around that look half like you and half like her, so that's a pretty big clue, I would say. Yeah, she's fantastic. A lot of your uh, life, it, this is the most natural transition. It works that you uh, that you use your wife in all your films and stuff because your films come from a very personal place. Uh, Kumail and I were talking before the show that Funny People is is almost. Uh, he was saying that you almost felt embarrassed when it came out. Like you were worried that people would know too much intimate detail about yourself. Is that... Is that I read it in an interview. That's all. Okay. <laughs> you read it in an interview at lunch with Alec Baldwin. Is that right? You're friends with Judd Apatow and admit it. Uh, I mean, when uh, we did Funny People, it, it really was, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, our, our darkest, deepest feelings about doing comedy and, and, and being wounded and why do we do this and what does it mean and... Uh, and so when we made it, I, I did feel kind of naked, and I knew it was, uh, you know, not the most uplifting movie at times for uh, for some of the people in the audience. But it was something I just wanted to say about yeah. 
all of our lives. And what's been fun about it is, you know, there's been a lot of uh, people, uh, you know, like parties, like a, a celebrity, you know, from a favorite TV show will walk up to me and just go, I lived in that house, man. You know, I... Oh, really? I was George Simmons for about seven years. Uh, and so uh, it, it rings true to a lot of people. Yeah, I know that feeling doing this podcast, because like we were talking about before the show, they know how many thrusts I put into my wife. <laughs> When I lost my virginity. Thrusts, Judd. We're counting in as one how and many, out as how many? two. How many? In as one, out as that's two. That's Would you like thrusts. to guess? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, eight. Wow. What do you think I am? Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> it was one, two, three, four, five, six. I came on the way out. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's not that bad, though. That's not that bad. It's not that bad. I was an excitable young religious boy. Uh, Why yeah. were you counting? Maybe... <laughs> were you counting out loud? One, two, three, four, five, six. Good night. It was in the afternoon. But yes, that you know, is a bizarre thing I've never considered. You know, it's bad. Like when when the when the, the sex is so brief that at the end you're just kind of trying to make it seem like it didn't happen like you're like you know and you just keep moving around like if she comes right now she won't know I came 50 seconds ago I <laughs> there's that slow softening realization <laughs> but that that is a fact that's out in the pocket and I feel totally fine with them knowing that now yeah. but every once in a while you wake up at like 4 in the morning and you're like what the fuck am I doing do you feel that way as an artist, putting yourself to quote Conan O'Brien, my friend, the uh, put it, putting yourself in the wood chipper? He says of television, you put yourself in the wood chipper of film. Well, I, 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 the thing about it is, whenever I, I, I do anything in front of people, or when I used to do stand up, I just would be very, very embarrassed the next day about everything I said to the point of it demotivating me to do it again. And it didn't matter if I did well. It wasn't like I needed to do well again. It was like I was just so ashamed. Like, you fucking ego-driven lunatic. Why do you got to get up there and talk about your thrusts? Um, uh, And and I I just would hate myself for some reason. In movies, I don't mind it as much because I could hide behind other people acting it out or taking these thoughts and turning it into a dramatic situation or a comedic situation. But me just saying, here's what I think about life. Here's my opinions, and I'm going to make them humorous. Right, I, right, I right. always thought, like, Judge, shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah. And so then I would s- stop. I never could kind of hang in there because I, I just thought everyone around me is so much funnier than me uh, when I was a performer. I used to open up for Jim Carrey. Yeah. So, you know, you would watch him every night and go, he's just really a lot better than me at yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm going to, like, get better than him right. if I work hard. Right. Uh, <laughs> That's part of it, that feeling of... I, I, don't, I, wonder, I don't think that actually ever goes away. The people I talk to, even my favorite comedians, will occasionally feel like absolute frauds. That happens all the time. Uh, TJ, I believe that's one of the drinking things, is when I bring up TJ, who's one of my favorite comedians, eats shit all the time. We go on the road and we eat shit. That's part of it. This just happened to me. I, I, you have these rough shows and you get off stage and you're like, I know I have a huge ego. I talk about it on the show, but I'll, I'll be like, I don't know if I'm any good at all. So I can't imagine Jim Carrey going up and I, I've seen early Jim Carrey stand up. I actually wish he still did it. Uh, but who were you in uh, Funny People? I was trying to figure that out. Uh, uh, you know, it's always a, a little bit of everything. I, you know, when I was young, I was like, Seth in Funny People, and I mentored under an enormous amount of uh, comedians. I wrote for a lot of comedians, so I That's had that you experience. wrote for Roseanne. I wrote for Roseanne, I wrote for Shandling, and then I wrote a special for Colin Quinn. Do you remember a joke you wrote for Roseanne? 
I do. I, I, do. I think the idea of you assuming the persona of like a yes. brassy woman is, is very funny to me. I remember a couple of jokes. One was, you know, Roseanne would give me a premise and then I would try to flesh it out. And so, I, you know, she said to me, I think you, I want to talk about how it's better to, to suck dick. Let me, I, I'm trying to reword this. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to remember. Uh, oh, it's better, to ki- it's better to suck dick than kiss ass. And so she, then we wrote this whole long thing about how, like, you know, because when you suck someone's dick, it's like an agreement. I'm going to suck your dick, and you're going to give me something. But when you kiss someone's ass, you're doing it for the possibility that maybe they'll give you something at some point in the future. Meaning uh, shit? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's an analogy, Pete. Yes. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking literally dick leads to semen, but maybe they don't have to poop right now. Wow. I can't be the only one that took it that literally. There's one or two people in here that was like, yeah, I no, get it, maybe you, they're constipated. You're revealing a love of pornography we can't understand. <laughs> German pornography. In the old days, if you said kiss ass, people didn't think it meant sucking shit out of somebody. I literally... Yeah, back that is in, revealing. I thought from, you meant salad tossing. Back I in 91, we that was okay to say. Uh, licking, licking ass. I remember there was a joke about, uh, I just kind of would make things up because I didn't know anything about being, you know, a, a, a 40-year-old uh, woman. And so there was a bit about um, how people at the tall store, or being a tall store, the tall people are mean to the fat people. There was a whole, <laughs> and I just made that up. I don't think that's even true, that the tall people are mean to the overweight people. You did a people. false premise. I just made it up. I'm like, you, you know. pull a Dane Cook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's what that, and, and Chris D'Elia and I talked about that. He, he admits to having a lot of false premises where he's like, why is it German people are always sweating? You know what I mean? And even if, even if that's not true, I don't, have, I don't really have a problem with that. Like, I would like to be honest or whatever. But, like, you guys were... You laughed at that as a false premise, but 90% of you were like, where's this going? Come on, sweaty Germans. Like, you could see how that would be really Look, fun in my head, I go, yeah, Ray finds sweat a lot in Schindler's List. Yeah. yeah. You'll justify it. You'll yeah. justify it. It's like, don't think of a pink elephant. Everyone here was picturing Hitler being like, it's a little toasty. You know what I mean? <laughs> at least I was. Well, that, that's something that you do is, is, uh, so well, is honest and truth, and I'm so glad that you, you came on the show. And uh, will you stay for the remainder? Oh, I, I will. Ask, I I, will. Oh, you have a question? Uh, you never said, you said you met your wife and it took six months. Oh, yeah. Did you ask her out? Like, what? If, if you're comfortable talking about that. Uh, uh, she likes me to reveal all details of everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I took her to uh, a Laker game. Uh, and uh, at good some seats. point, uh, it was good seats. And at some point, uh, love uh, bloomed. And uh, we're still married uh, 15 years later. It's wow. very. A wonderful thing. And, uh, in, and she's been a real partner and collaborator on everything. I mean, I, I don't think people realize, you know, there's so many of these scenes in these movies that come from her, well, you know, yeah. saying, why don't you do a scene about the, what it was like having sex with you when I was pregnant? Right. And, uh, and right. you know, a lot of them are inspired by her. Well, she kills it, man. And, and she does represent a voice that, like, you, got, you have bros covered. You know what I mean? So your wife is this really alkalizing, wonderful, per- different perspective, especially in a movie like Knocked Up, where, where, you know, the scene where they're on the phone and they're fucking each other, that is so real, but then to see Leslie do things that are real in, like, a girly way that's also hilarious, you know what I mean? It's a real, it's a real talent. Well, we just finished uh, kind of a sequel to Knocked Up that's all about Leslie and Paul. No! And their family, wow. and that comes out at Christmas time, and it's called This is 40, and Albert Brooks is in it as well. Hey! Uh, 
So Albert plays uh, Paul Rudd's dad. Fantastic. So by the way, Wanderlust. Jesus Christ, man, that's the best movie I've seen in oh, years. Oh yeah, we saw it together. It's so funny. Why? Go see it. Yeah. Why isn't it the biggest movie ever? I love it. Did you, did you love it? Uh, yeah. I mean, we had a great time doing it, and it's really funny. I mean, sometimes you just were a premises are hard to explain to people in commercials. Sometimes you make a movie that's like really funny, but you cannot figure out how in 30 seconds to get it across, especially an R-rated movie when you're trying to figure out a 25-second way to sell it during American yeah. Idol. Yeah. Uh, you know, some things come across easily and some are trickier. I think the title maybe threw people off. I don't know why. I, I, if that's we all know what the movie's going to be about if it's called Wanderlust. Yeah, why are you ripping on the title? You said good no. stuff about the movie. No, I lo- I'm, I'm looking... Fucked up with the title, Judd. Next guest. Yes. To me, it's... A... <laughs> no, that's why I like titles like The 40-Year-Old Virgin. You're like... Oh, it's that. But that's you know, what I'm saying. I, I, I actually had a theory that it might have been clearer to just call it the, the commune movie or whatever. Like a bad title. I like the name Wanderlust. I like the movie. I saw the movie. I'm talking about knuckleheads who didn't see the movie. Yes. I loved it. It's I, too late. It's over. <laughs> I can't remarket it. It's yeah. going to be a lot of people will discover it on DVD and yeah. are going to love it. And it's going to be... I really think it's going to be like a classic for many, many years. I absolutely you know? agree. So I've seen it twice. It's, it's, well, David Wayne and Ken Marino are... Hilarious. It's like Hilarious. a perfect. It's a perfect movie. I did want to ask you this. Everybody asks you about your movies, and I was going to ask what your favorite movie. I want to hear what you think about my favorite movie. Do you like There Will Be Blood? I will tell you a funny There Will Be Blood story, which is I had to do oh an interview with Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. That's dropping a name right there. He doesn't give a shit when you do it. I think, yeah. Judd, you're beyond dropping names. Because <laughs> you're, you know, people know who you are. When yeah. Pete does it, it's different. <laughs> hey, it's okay. One time Robert De Niro bought me popcorn chicken. And, uh... <laughs> you oh. son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, but there was please. a screening of it, and I had to interview Daniel Day-Lewis and... Paul Thomas Anderson. After was it the cut? That, what, the theatrical yes, cut? Or it, did you see an early? No, it was the theatrical cut. It was a big crowd of like worshipful fans, and it was the, the longest standing ovation I've ever seen. And then I had to talk to them uh, about it for half an hour. Wow. Uh, uh, and so I said to Daniel Day Lewis, uh, I said, "You know, I know you don't like doing interviews, and you're a very private man. And before we did this, uh, someone said to me, there are certain areas I should not discuss with you, which I totally respect and understand. Uh, but I did want to say." And I hope it doesn't make you uncomfortable. I didn't want to ask you, what movie did you like better, Knocked Up or Superbad? Ah. Uh, and he looked at me. Not only did he not get it, I don't think he knew that Superbad and Knocked Up were movies. <laughs> he didn't know what I was talking about. Don't be thick and funny, Chud. Yeah. He thinks you're just some guy with a vision board. Ah. <laughs> Can I also point out, Pete, how awesomely self-centered it is that you didn't ask Judd what his favorite movie was. You asked Judd what he thought of your favorite movie. Yeah. That's awesome. Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Lord. Love it. Fucking love great it. movie, man. Casey Affleck and that movie doesn't get better than that. It's a fucking great movie. I'm Do you so not happy. like There Will Be Blood? Is that what this is no, about? No, no, no. I love it. I love it. I, I can't stop watching it. <laughs> yeah. Dark Knight? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Why? Is there a disagreement? These are all movies that everyone likes. <laughs> Not true. Some people hate There Will Be Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone with one. the Wind. <laughs> uh, Casablanca. What is it? Heavyweight. Yeah, that's a movie I made. Oh, Heavyweight is great. People want this to be a more traditional interview, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, well, stay for, stay for the rest of the show, if you I will. Judd Apatow, everybody. Yeah. 
Bartow. Uh, let's keep this applause going. Keep it going, keep it going. For, for the next guest, my wonderful friend from New York, Chris Gethard, everybody. Chris Gethard. Hi, Pete. How are you, Pete? Hey, man. I'm a little upset with you right now. Is it because you have to follow Kumail? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're making me follow the most influential and respected man in comedy, and no one knows who I am. Yeah. I am a failure who hosts a public access television show. The yin and the yang, baby. Salty sweet. Yeah. Like, I was, Judd was like, I, I was like, fuck it, man. What do I have to lose? I got bridesmaid money. When you asked me, I was like, this could really help me. <laughs> Thank you, Pete, for including me. I've watched all your YouTube clips and I'm on zero vision boards. This is what a horrible feeling that just puts a magnifying glass on my near misses with success. Did I bring the room down? Sorry, Pete. No! Chris, you're one of the best of all time. Well, I'm glad I have the respect of my peers. You do! Thank you, Pete. That'll keep I you actually, warm. I feel terrible because I, I told Chris that I just bought his book a week ago. For not out of anyone saying buy it, just I just like the cover of it, and Thank I hadn't you. I hadn't read it yet. Do you but mean I, you, I wish I did read it? You optioned this book? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Purchased it no. in a bookstore. I wouldn't. But do thanks that. for just putting Honestly, that right up. I didn't get I didn't get the Roseanne shit joke, and you said I bought your book. I was like, holy fuck, man, this is a big day. No, no. but can I say since I wasn't gonna bring that up, but can I just say? When you meet Judd Apatow and the first thing he says is, I just bought your book, that's that is a terrifying think. feeling. Yeah. What a terrifying feeling. But I, hope, I, well, I, hope I, you, I just hope you enjoy it. What if I don't like it? Yeah. yeah. That's, but some, I, but some what if I don't. option it and, and get Channing Tatum to star as you? What if people, what if people listening to this podcast are, are like, someday, like, that happened. He just said that. That happened. Yeah. He didn't, little he didn't like it. Little is, is, <laughs> is, is there a movie in the book? Well, I'd like to think so, but I bet you'd know better than I when you read it. Chris, let me... Uh, what page is the movie on? Could this be more awkward? That's the name of the show! Could this be the name of the show! Oh, my God! What a terrifying feeling! You do that. You option books and things. I'm here... Oh, this is the worst. I have your... <laughs> this is so scary. I actually have a whole slush fund to buy things with. Yeah, you can just... If you just feel like it... If you read it and you're like, ha, you're just like, done. I could buy it and not even want to buy it. <laughs> I could buy you it could, just to fuck with your head. That's your, no, you could. You could, could do an elaborate prank on you where I buy it and we do meetings with Brad Pitt, but I know we'll never do it. <laughs> no, I'll say legitimately, if you did that, you would think you were fucking with me, but you'd be saving my life. <laughs> You'd be changing my life for the positive, even in fucking with me. Oh, my God. What a scary, weird conversation to have. I'm a big fan of all your work, by the way. <laughs> so nice to meet you like this. I'm a big fan of the jacket of your, rec- of your uh, uh, book. I told you. <laughs> Thank this you. Is the, this is the weirdest order we could have gone in. I yeah. have no regrets. Chris, I know one out of three people so far I, on this. So yeah, I just he knows to me, so... <laughs> We've worked together on a... On a oh, that's film. right, the five-year engagement, yes. which is also something that looks fantastic. Yeah, that actually, uh, he, he did a great job, and it's very oh, funny. Oh, thank you. Also, uh, didn't tell me. Yeah, another thing he didn't tell me. Pretty sure I told you. Uh, what? Pretty sure I told you. <laughs> uh, well, Chris Gethard is actually, all joking aside, one of the, you have the fucking most interesting life of any person I thank know. Thank you. Absolutely. Nice. Hands down. You have 
legions of fans called the Gethtards. Yes, the Gethtards. That's not my term. Don't be offended by that term. Horatio Sands made it up. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Is he a Gethtard? I think an unofficial one. The Gethtard, that started, there was a group of people in New York who um, would come and see every show I did, and he started calling them the Gethtards. And then they embraced it and made T-shirts yeah. and forced me to rent a bus so I could drive them to my hometown in New Jersey and tell them stories about what happened there. You... That's absolutely true. Chris yeah. is the first person I know that really embraced the idea that you are what they're connecting to. You're like, you like me? You like my life? Come meet my mom. Yeah, I took, I took them all to the basement of the house I grew up in, which my parents don't own anymore. And in front of 60 strangers, got to stand in the basement and say, in 1997, there was a couch here, and I lost my virginity on it. And the guy who owned the house was in the back of the room and just went, come on. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that's the I think with the internet, I think with the internet and the way people can connect, then why don't you? You know, and if people, I'm not yes. big by any means, but I have a little cult following. Yes. And if we can connect in any way that's possible, why wouldn't we? It's a nice thing to do for Follow. both of us, for all of us. Follow up. How many pumps? How many pumps on yeah. the first time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, more pumps than six pumps, Pete. A number of pumps. I think I did pretty well. Surprisingly well. <laughs> Surprisingly well. If you. Uh, I don't want to say I didn't that. do well. I have a story that when I did it the first time, it was brief. And uh, <laughs> afterwards, I said to the girl, as a joke, was it good for you too? And she literally looked at me in the eye and said, I guess it'll get better. Ah, it gets better. That That's... was the first, it gets better. Oh, my God. <laughs> my, my experience was not awkward, but... Before it, my, the, my girlfriend, who was the best, and I still love her to this How day. How old were you? I was you? 17. Okay. Uh, she made the mistake of telling me. She was like, I, wanna, I want us to do it. Let's do it in a week. Let's do it on Saturday. So that was like the worst week of my life. Oh, my God. But the worst part of it was when I finally like, manned up and went to buy condoms. I was like, you know, all like, jittery and nervous. I ran up, and I bought them and threw the money down. And there were two women. I drove to a different town to buy condoms so no one I knew would see me. And then as I turned around and walked away, like, I think I had all this adrenaline and my senses were a little heightened. And one of the workers turned to the other and said the words, he ain't ready. I swear to God. I swear to God. And I ran, I ran to the parking lot and sat in my mom's Saturn and just cried and cried and cried. He ain't cried ready. into the condoms? No, no. Oh, dude. And then, oh, I guess, nah. Then you want it to get really weird? Then I, use, I, 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 I put one on to make sure I knew how, which is responsible. But then I was like, I'm going to save this one and, and keep checking throughout. The I reused the practice condom to check. That's just not sanitary. Wait, Wait you reused it in the sense that you had sex with it? No, 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 no. You just kept reusing like it? Like I balled it up and hit it. And then I was like, let me just make sure I still know how to use it. But by the time I, it was like a yeah. days, it was like a... Yeah, it's getting all hard. I should have gotten out after the he ain't ready part. No. What? Do you not trust me? I have you. You're here. You're okay. Because you've done so right by me yeah. thus far. <laughs> I remember the first time I tried on a condom. It was me and uh, a friend, and we had them, and we just put them. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Christian school, a lot of stuff going yeah. on. No, this was in like seventh grade. We weren't like we. I get no. It's weird. It's a weird story. I'm not gonna back away from it. We had our backs to each other. We're children. We're back to back? No! I said we had our backs to each That's other. That's back to back. No, I want to say how far away. Back. How many feet between the backs? Goodly lame. How many in feet? Be honest. Were you guys long friends? 
Well, that actually speaks to what it was, is we tried them on a good distance from each other, but flaccid. I didn't even know. I was just like, you just put it on, and I thought it was supposed to fit your penis. I hate this regular. story. I hate this story. I hate it. You hate this story? I hate this story, Pete. That is not what you taught. Chris was my improv teacher for two levels, and this I is know. not what you taught me. You're supposed to support I'm sorry. me. I'm just kidding. I love this. I'm cold. Right? Of course. I gave you the meanest note I've ever given anyone in an improv class. What was? You were very. You were stone cold. Yeah. I love that about but you. But remember, you were talking during someone else's scene. Oh, I do and remember. And I turned around and I was, Pete, I hope everybody in here talks through all your fucking scenes. Continue. Oh. You didn't even say fucking. I didn't? Nope. Uh, you just, and you, you were very quick. You looked at me and said, I hope people talk during your scene. And that, you might as well have said, I'm going to find your family and burn them. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what it felt like. You were badass. Every improv teacher I've ever known is like, it's great, it's great, it's great. So I'd been going through level one, two... And then finally we got Chris Gethard, and you fucking started sharpshooting in a cornfield. Everybody, I sharpshooting is a drink. Yeah, that's a drinking, right? Sharpshooting. Oh yeah, you do have to drink. You have to drink because yeah, I didn't even mean that one. What I mean, you just started shotgunning people in the face. Every scene you do, you're a sexy woman. Stop it. That's like what you would say. And you'd be like, stop. Everything's about you being fat. Stop it. It was the best. And that was a great note you gave me, too. Thank you. Well, if there's any phrase that describes me, I would like to think it's sharpshooting in a (laughs) cornfield. Do you remember this? We were doing an improv exercise where we were were just rambling about improv in front of Judd Apatow. Are we doing that? So you're saying you guys are trained. Oh, God. Because that's helpful in a major motion picture that you have taken classes or taught classes. This is so humiliating. What are they supposed to do? Subtly and like so, under the radar pitch movie ideas? So, so you made nine movies. You auditioned for SNL. Good improv notes, dude. This is the most humiliating thing, Pete. King, do you know that? Always tell me that when king, we have conversations you're like the king, this. Because I love you so much. You're the best. I wanted to tell the story. We were wa- yes. This is what this is what's happening, John. I think he's okay with it. We're, this is improv. It's not if he's okay with it. Oh, I see. You, I'm not okay like, with you'd it. Like, you'd like to be more showcased. I mean, I would love if I had something to showcase. You're killing. You're killing it. I love it. Oh, it's, thank you. Listen to the. the I want. Was this our class? What? What did not be our class? We had to walk around, and, and people would, like, uh, the exercise was, like, when you really? say something true, does this ring a bell? When you say something true, it sounds different. So let's all go around, and, uh, and then everybody stop moving when someone speaks, and you say something true. And that's all, that's all you I said to do. That, did I do that? It I was either you. That. I may have done that. Well, you're going to know at the punchline. People were, I, I was, I was just kind of like, uh, my favorite breakfast cereal is Cinnamon Toast Crunch, or whatever. And then, and then everyone would walk. <laughs> Other people were like, my hair isn't really blonde. I dye it. And then this old guy. Oh, no. What did he say? This is at, like, 10 a.m. in New York. I want to say the saddest... Oh, go ahead. He goes, after years of therapy, I'm still not sure if my mom raped me. Yeah, that that was in my class. That was in my class. That is what he said! And a room full of people had to act like it was just another cinnamon toast crunch. And then we just kept walking. We're like, oh, truth does sound different. And then poor Chris had to come up and be like, that was good, that was good. And I'm pretty sure you were like, some of them were a little too personal. But good work, good work. He's still not sure. He's like 60. Figure it out or let it go. That's why he's taking improv classes. That is why he's taking improv classes. Yeah, that is why he's taking improv classes. I cannot believe you just made me talk about teaching improv. Well, actually, one time I said to you, I was like, you're the best teacher in the world. And you were like, don't curse me like that. 
You said that you were like, if I'm still doing this, like in ten years, I'll fucking shoot myself. That was probably about nine years ago. <laughs> 2013. <laughs> Boom, baby. I hope you like the book, Judd. I hope you like the book. <laughs> what is the name? Does it come on tape? Is there a book on tape version of it? Not yet, no. Oh, then I can't. He will leave you a really, Thank really you. long voicemail. He's like, Judd, this is a long shot, man. Here we go. <laughs> Prologue. <sighs> Growing up in New Jersey with the last name Gethard, which spells out get hard, which it does. Which it does. It's nice to feel this crowd feel progressively more sorry for me. <laughs> Thank you for that. Like he's already so sad about things, and his name spells get hard. It does. Yeah. Christopher Paul Gethard. See Paul get hard. <laughs> my father's name? Do you know my father's name? No. Kenneth. Ken get hard. Holy fuck! It's cartoonish. I am a cartoonishly low-status man. How long did it take for kids to figure that out, or did you have to tell them? They figured out Get Hard. I, I was the one who figured out See Paul Get Hard. But did you have to tell them because it was too good? <laughs> it, I did, I did. The self-hating part of me that now tries to do comedy did have to tell them. But luckily, I didn't get Get Hard too much because they all called me Megahead based on the size of my head. <laughs> and when TurboGrafx-16 came out... Oh, no! Bonk! 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 Bonk. Head Headley was another one. Head Head. That was, yeah. Head Headley. Yeah, five Because heads. they were all Glenn Headley fans. <laughs> head Headley's pretty great. Yeah. I don't mind. I know what I am. Head Headley. My nickname in junior high was Biter Shaft. Why? Doesn't even rhyme. We learned that the shaft of the penis is called the shaft, and next thing I know, people are calling me Biter Shaft. <laughs> I guess I suck. Shaft Biter? Nope. Biter. First name Biter. Last name Shaft. So the Shaft family had a kid and named it Biter. We're a proud people. (laughs) I just didn't want you to feel alone. Thank you. What's the name of your book? A Bad Idea I'm About to Do. That's a great title. That's what what he would say if he options it. I'm sorry, but that was laser accuracy, and I'm going to call it. That was laser accuracy. Chris, will you stay out? Will you stay out with us for the rest of the show? Because it's been so great thus far. I would love Please to see. Please clap like there will be blood style for Chris Gather. You're the best. You're the best. You know you're the king. You know you're the king. Chris Gethard uh, Cable Access Show. The Chris Gethard Show. The Chris Gethard Show. I'm so New sorry. Public Access. That's right. And it's called The Chris Gethard Show. But the we can height watch, of success. We can watch it on uh, the YouTube. Oh, yeah. On yeah, YouTube. online. And what? Well, you're one of the funniest people I've ever known. So Thanks, Pete. Thank I do feel the same way about you. Well, that and was... Kamel, you did destroy me at the end. You did sorry, just I was checking me. my text message. I know you were texting. <laughs> you destroyed me and then texted while I complimented you. Yeah. I was actually tweeting that I destroyed you. But I didn't add reply you because I don't want you to get any more followers. <laughs> <laughs> Did, have I crossed your bat? Have I crossed you at some point? No, no. We've always been friends, right? <laughs> yeah, we're awesome friends. What is this, heaven on earth? This is the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> This is so much more amusing than uh, when I did the Mark Maron podcast. Uh, did you do a live one? It was me and him alone in a room and both of us on the verge of tears the whole time. Uh, 
That was great, by the way. You're, you played awesome. those old tapes that you uh, when you interviewed Seinfeld and uh, Shandling and stuff? Yeah, when I was a kid. I you have those? And I know I think now you have to pay for it, but it's so worth it. It's fantastic. That's a really, really great. I hope you know that you, the fact that you used to do shit like that, I think, makes comedy nerds feel really inspired. Because that's like some comedy nerd shit. Oh, I was, uh, I really was out of my mind. I, I once took a train three and a half hours to Poughkeepsie to interview Dr. Demento and Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, that's the oh. best. And then that's slept the in the train station because there was no train until the next day. How old were I you? I loved every second of it. Of course you did. I, I was uh, 15, 16 years <laughs> 15 old. 15 sleeping in a train station. <laughs> yeah. And that's it, a, yeah. It, it, Hobo wakes him up. He's like, I'm here for Dr. Demento. <laughs> It's like, just get in the van. Just get in the van. Get in the van. Creepy. But that's the cool thing to think about is that when you think of, like, the best filmmaker, at some point there were a kid watching movies, like, this movie's awesome. Like, everybody yeah. was a fan, you know? And it's yeah. so cool to, like, see uh, you sort of go from being such a super fan to somebody who now has super fans, you know? Well, I honestly, and I, I, I don't mean to sound like Sammy Davis Jr., but it will come out that way, uh, is I just wanted to get in the business uh, and, and do the work so that I could work with people and get to hang out with them. I didn't actually want to do the work. <laughs> I just made the 40-year-old virgin to hang out with you. It is I wasn't. I wasn't in that movie. <laughs> I don't oh, think. Oh, you're not Jerry Bednob. No. Oh, I'm, oh. Sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. I got confused. Oh. He's way older than me, and he is my father. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a passing resemblance. You got to work with Jerry. In hey, the oh. Wow. Wow. Seriously, I can't stay. I can't stay. But uh, I just wanted to come out. And say that you do have another guest, and it's ridiculous how long you're making him wait. Yeah. Like, this is prolonging it even further that I came out here. He's just been waiting in the wings, and everyone's out here. Doug, why are you? Judd Apatow, yeah. this. And... This is a sharp suit. Whitney's funeral already happened. <laughs> I'm about to host the film awards here at South by Southwest. Oh. And I decided to put on a tuxedo and tennis shoes. Well, you look fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I got the white socks special just for this occasion. Normally I wear black. And um, I just wanted to come out and say that you should really introduce the next guy. Because he's losing his mind back there? Well, he knew I was going to make a cameo. And he was like, if he introduces me, then you're just going to come out and eat into my time. Yeah. And I was like, let me go out there and just move the whole thing along. So fucking bring out the next guy. <laughs> Oh, one more thing, though. One more thing. About Judd Apatow, he was my YouTube when we were younger because we were pals, and you had everything that happened in the history of comedy on videotape, and we would just sit... You would just, you'd be like, oh, you want to see this? You'd always have whatever... You know how long ago that was? That was before you ever smoked pot. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a pot smoker yet when we hung out. Pre-pot? Mm -hmm. Do you have any questions? You must know weird stuff about Judd. I, was, I tried to get Dave to tell me something. Not really weird stuff. I just know that we spent a lot of time... Comedy nerd. ...sitting around uh, VHS. waiting for pizzas to arrive. Well, back in the day, uh, I lived in this apartment with uh, Adam Sandler, and Rob Schneider lived across the street, David Spade lived down the street, and Doug lived right... Uh, Is this I lived like two blocks away. We'll take it. We'll yeah. buy it. And, uh, and uh, I don't think any of us were that funny at that point. Is that where the video of Sandler making the crank call, is that that sort of... I, I believe know. Doug is in, was there that day. I might day. be, yeah. I you, might have been really? I think behind he's the in camera that video. in that, yeah. yeah. God, you guys... I might have been one of the people... We just sat around and laughed at everything he said to people. On, really? And crank phone calls, yeah. Seriously, I got to go. I've got to... <laughs> 
I got an award show to host. And you got an amazing guest coming out here, yeah. guys. Jack Benson, everybody. Good to see you. You too, guys. Looking you. sharp. Jack Benson. What if we had ten more walk-ons before the last guest? That would, that would really get his goat. Do people still say that? Goat getting? We have one more guest. Let's just bring him out. Start clapping right now for the hilarious Todd Berry! Yeah! Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Todd, I, I've, I've been on many shows with you when you're brought out at the Can end. I interrupt you first? Yep, go ahead. Uh, 10,000 pumps. Nine, 10,000 10, yeah, pumps? 9,994 more than you did. <laughs> and that's before I was good, too. <laughs> that sounds like it's verging on too many pumps. It's, I'm up 600,000 average. <laughs> 600,000 pumps is yeah. your intercourse average? Yeah, just everyone just close your eyes. <laughs> just think of the first thousand of them. Multiply that by 600. You're in the ballpark? No, more than in the ballpark. <laughs> it is the ballpark. I thought you kind of adjusted on your seat and you started moving a little bit, and I was like, I, is he going to show us the thrust? No, no, no. These are just terrible, uncomfortable seats. You, you did vote for chairs. You wanted more comfort. I did. I, I, he, yes, he goes, chairs or stools. I wanted us to sit like boys to men. And Do they I'll sit? Take... They sit, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be the, you'll be, you're the, obviously the bass guy that like, talks and recaps the principles of the song. Why am I obviously that guy? <laughs> Do you think anyone else is going, yeah, if, if they were boys to men, he would, <laughs> he would be the guy who we don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not alone in that. How, how intricate is your knowledge of boys to men? <laughs> that you know that they sit and you know about this bass guy that talks... And I thought you were going to go with when I meet a group of guys, I figure out which boys to men they are. I didn't go with that, but you did. So <laughs> I guess we got that out there. Todd, how are you? Oh, not good. What? Yeah. Todd, I thought it'd be funny to say not good. You, uh, we... How can I be bad with the fucking platinum pass, baby? <laughs> Saw a movie with this today. Yeah. They took my picture. Got to walk like around a trade show where they're giving out free Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> they used your headshot. I look like Ellen DeGeneres in mine. I sent in my headshot. Oh. Ooh. Conversation killed. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't want to know, like, the behind-the-scenes of how the Can picture ends up... Can we go back to the improv teaching stories again? <laughs> oh, shit. That had a big payoff. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Something has changed in the energy now that we have you here. No, I, no, I think Doug's walk-on changed everything. <laughs> guy with a tux walks out, it changes everything. That no is one, true. No one's relaxed anymore. Here's, here's the, I actually formal. have weird things about you. Do you uh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you're, you're afraid of lightning. I am afraid of lightning. Yeah. Isn't that weird? You're such like a... I know. Lightning's so safe. <laughs> on this issue. You have to be right. I just admit it. Do you think we should all be cowering and hiding from lightning? When it's lightning out? Yeah, you should be, actually. 
That's just common knowledge. You don't. No one else is freaking out. You and I. So, well, there's no lightning in here, and. Uh... No, one right. time so we were no we were in Waterloo. You're right inside, and it started to rain and thunder. And, right. Uh, this guy, Todd Berry, was quite quite afraid. I did the right thing and sought cover. <laughs> Look up lightning and then put in quotes what to do if there is. I think the first thing will be relax. Relax, yeah, relax. Relax. Relax, yeah. Fucking put a helmet on, relax. <laughs> do you remember when that started? Do you uh, have some lightning trauma? I don't remember. I mean, I do. Re- you, everyone remembers their first sexual experience. I don't remember my first lightning experience. <laughs> Not like, oh yeah, 1971, December 4th. Lightning. I thought maybe you saw something happen. Yeah, I saw lightning. <laughs> lightning accuracy? Yeah, lightning. That was excellent. I saw, I saw lightning and I said, I don't want to be in the area where lightning is. <laughs> hey, look, there's a house over there. And I live in that house. And the door's open. <laughs> I'm going to go inside. Bill what do you do? You, you run around in lightning, like look, to show what a fucking badass you are. He yells, "Take me at it!" Uh, I You're not gonna like this. I also wear my seatbelt. <laughs> I know I'm a pussy. You've won this round. I did win that. You definitely won that round. I really, I won it by a lot. Hey, you were great in Wanderlust. Oh, thank you. Do anybody? You all got to go see it. It's, it's honestly what did fantastic. What did you think of the title of that movie? <laughs> I personally liked it a lot. I was back there. It was almost was... as good as A Thousand Words. <laughs> a Thousand Words, not a bad title. Oh, okay. No, it's kind of a dumb title. What was A Thousand... Oh, oh that's his... What? Eddie Murphy has A Thousand Words. Oh, that movie, yeah. I've given that movie more loop, thought than I ought to. Like, I'm driving around mm. and being like, there's got to be a scene where he, like, locks his keys and he goes... You know what I mean? Like, that has to happen, right? Yeah. And his last words have to be, I love you, right? Is Eddie Murphy your guest right now? <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about... I'm talk, sorry. I'm talk sorry. about things that pertain to people <laughs> who said yes when they were asked to do your podcast. Uh, all right. Lightning. Lightning scares me. Two. You got me, lightning. You know what happens with you a lot is people rip you off. I see Todd Berry types a lot. Do you see Todd Berry types a lot? Are you talking about your E-Trade Baby commercial? (laughs) (laughs) That's the only time... You think the E-Trade Baby's ripping off Todd Berry? There's a little bit of my tone there. I think they all agree. Let's do one. Let's do one now. (laughs) Don't give it away. Not for free. Uh, (laughs) Gotta get some of that E-Trade cash. Did that cross your mind? Kind of, yeah. For real, for real? That's interesting. Did it cross your mind when you were consciously making that choice? (laughs) To rip me off? Because I said no to the commercial? Is that one? You did not say no to that commercial. Did you say no to that commercial? I said no to the audition, actually. You did? Yeah, sorry. Oh, that really, that truly killed the room. (laughs) Uh, Well, I wasn't the first baby. I wasn't the baby for the first year and a half. What happened? Oh, man, what happened to the first one? Uh, did, he, did he turn two or something? He wasn't cute enough anymore. No, not, not, the, not the baby. Yeah, I know it's not a real baby. I was, I was making a funny joke. 
God, you're Todd Berry all the time. You know that? Well, I'm on, I'm on stage right now. Well, what happens? No, I know. Right, what happens when you see? Do you do you uh, stand ups? Do you see a lot of stand ups where you're kind of like this guy's doing me? Uh, I do. Really? Let's hear some names. No, let me. <laughs> uh, uh, not really. I well, mean, because you kind of figured out this new. It's you're not doing one liners. It's kind of Stephen Wrighty in that your your medium energy, I would say. But it's this voice that people. <laughs> People ripped off a lot. I, I, it doesn't bother you, though? Are any of them as successful as I am? <laughs> the I would have last to say guest no. on your podcast. That's huge. You're the closer. I was the one strong enough to follow the Doug Benson surprise walk-on. <laughs> Not everyone could do that. That is true. Your character in Wanderlust seems to be a lot like you. Was that written, or were you just like, how did you riff? I'm being honest right now. That's not a fake question. It no, I, seems I, like I know they let you. Honest. They uh, be, they, it was a combination of uh, of uh, my 30 seconds in that movie was a combination of uh, <laughs> <laughs> showing up and not of leaving. Script. Can we talk to that character? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, the thing is, is uh, you're a single man. Yeah. And your character also seems to uh, not be a fan of marriage. Are you not a fan of marriage? Uh, I, I, no, I don't, I don't. If it happens, it happens. If it happens this weekend, <laughs> it happens. You don't share his philosophy of it's for suckers? Uh, I wouldn't walk around. If you want to be married, go be married. I'm a free, you know, whatever you want to do is what I say. You getting this on your iPhone, sir? <laughs> I'm going to say it right into it. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Look at that. He put the phone away. He's like, I got it. <laughs> I got the shot. That's all I no, need. I'm glad you didn't make me redo that one. Did we get it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think if you want... Are you, well, you're not married, so... No, I'm not. I was married. Were you really? You didn't know that? No. Thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> I, I have never listened to your show. <laughs> I would go so far as to say you never will listen to this. I'll listen to this one. Uh, this is a good one. <laughs> iTunes, you can just jump ahead and go, oh, there I am. <laughs> oh, my God. When, when were you married? I'm going to interview you now. I would love oh, that, but let's shit. not do that. 22 to 26. I, I grew up religious. I got married 22 to 26. And now I'm kind of going through my 20s and my 30s. That's my you pet. have a lot of great stories from that period. <laughs> I, what a I love that you stand up like an audience member at Showtime at the Apollo. <laughs> you need a little, you want to wave a napkin or something? <laughs> I'm having a good time. I was, why wouldn't you be? You're yeah. doing a podcast and I'm killing. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> All the guests killed is what I mean. This is, a good, this is successful and it's in the can. Wait, is this, is this being recorded or is this a live show? It's being recorded. Holy shit. <laughs> I just fixed my hair. I was going to let that go, actually. I love the, the hot medium of people would have had to imagine why people laughed in that moment. Mm, I don't. <laughs> I love that you, you really think that's what would have happened. Just thousands of people going, I wonder what happened. <laughs> Emailing each other, did you notice that not really noticeable pause that Todd Barry had? I don't know, man. It's, you it's like the end of Lost in Translation. You know, just, <laughs> what did I say? 
Why would they say that? You should stand up if you're going to laugh. Show some respect. Don't stay. Our enemies don't stay confined. couldn't be more different. Can I say that? Bill Burr once said, your, your comic persona is kind of like you're in a hotel and the, the room next to you has their TV on really loudly. Like it's co- you're coming through the wall. Who said that? Bill Burr. Said that about me? Yeah. It's like that tone. It's low. And I'm like a cackling hyena man. <laughs> so it's very different. He could have just said, you're louder than me. (laughs) It's like a hotel where... Bill Burr says... The TV is seeping through, or... Yeah, just Pete's louder. (laughs) You'd have to turn Todd's mic up if you're going to have him on. I I didn't hear you, and I'm next to you. Really? Yeah. Well, they all heard me, and they laughed hard. I fucking made fun of you, man. Made you look like a chump. I'm just kidding. Do you have any questions for Jed Apatow? I talked to him backstage. I asked everything I asked. I understand you hate tomatoes. I do hate tomatoes. Todd, I ran out of things to ask. I prepared three Holy, things. This is going to be segment. Marriage is going to be like a 15-minute discussion. You're like... Do whatever you want to do. Well, that's... And now we're on goddamn tomatoes. You expect me to go on a rant about marriage? Like, yeah, kind of. You Not do really. You're doing... I didn't mean to touch you just then. What? No, I like it. It's nice and condescending. <laughs> hey, you're, you're doing fine. I can... I'm destroying. What do you mean am I... Oh, shit. I shouldn't have said that. Why is the pause? I was doing someone at home listening. We can do our Aziz impression. Whenever we see each other, for some reason, we greet each other as Aziz. Hey, man. <laughs> Where else would an Aziz impression fucking kill? But, but then we always do the celebrity that he's, he brought to the show. Hey, man. Hey, man. LeBron James is in the crowd tonight, man. Hey, man. Amy Poehler and Michael Jordan are in the front row. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Henry Kissinger keeps emailing me, man. Uh, that's pretty fun, you guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like that's the show. No, no. no. Six thousand pounds. See, that's what you by saying. Do you have a question? You got that really funny response from that guy. <laughs> not even a, not even phrased as a question, man. Six thousand pumps. <laughs> That's the way you ask that one. <laughs> Let's do a Q&A for all of us. Sure. Any questions? You like the way I took over? Well, you I can just... be on the podcast. We haven't talked about religion yet. I know. Nobody... I didn't really... Uh, yeah, what kind of religion well, are you? Well, uh, we can't. <laughs> Judd, do you believe in a, a, a conscious living God? Lifeguard God? I wish I did. You would like to? I would like to. Why not? Uh, well, I don't know, unless he's not... Nice. Yeah. Uh, but no, I probably don't, but I'm open. I'm open. But I know. I, I find that refreshing. I find that a lot of people that things have gone their way are like, clearly something's helping me. You know what I mean? So no, I, no one fucking helped me. Yeah! <laughs> he slept in a train station when he was 15. It's all him. When you were sleeping in that bus station, yeah, there true. were no footprints in the sand. That's what you're saying? 
Where was God when you needed a hotel room in Poughkeepsie? Right? <laughs> Chris Gathered, do you believe in a conscious lifeguard God? I'm actually or? very similar. I'm open to it, but probably not. What's weird about that, Chris, is that I know that you chase ghosts. When we have you on the show for a proper 90-minute episode, well, I want to talk about all the ghostly things. Wait, you interview people for 90 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's it's between ninety and two hours. And Seriously, you're, we're, you're scheduled to do it. Am it's going to be fucking weird. Wait, I thought <laughs> I'm scheduled. To, I thought this was me being scheduled to do. Yeah, you could you can pull you can pull the cord now. But I thought I pulled it a while back. This is my point. It's Chris. You you for example, real quick, real 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 quick. Is you've been yeah. one of my favorite ghost stories of yours. Is you're in this, you went to this, uh, uh, tell the one about the shag carpet. It's like a 30 second ghost story. Oh, that was not, I, uh, that was, uh, I worked at, a, we should say I worked at a magazine that yes. covered stuff like this. Weird well, New Jersey. Yes, and that was a quick, the quick bullet points of that story are, these guys wrote us a letter that really got to me, like sort of stuck in my gut, where the bullet points were, they moved into this house on the top of a mountain, the landlord told them, uh, showed them a room that had a refrigerator on its side chained up and told them, never touch this. <laughs> uh, they were college kids. They had stolen a frog in formaldehyde from their college science lab and put it on their coffee table, and it promptly disappeared. And then they, when they lived there, all sorts of crazy shit would happen. The shag carpet moment being that uh, this heavy oak door that used to get stuck in their shag The door carpet. to the room was this huge wooden door. Yeah, and the shag carpet was super thick, and they used to have to like, put all their weight into it. And it slammed shut. And then they, moved, they decided to move out. No, no, no. That's a great story. That's not the climax of the story. It isn't? No. But I'd like to... You thought they moved out was the climax of the story? No. no the See, you didn't carpet. even hear it. it. There's carpet. a fucking door that you have to push over the carpet. That so you have to put all your weight behind it. Then they're standing in that room with that door. And suddenly it slams shut. And that's From scary. nowhere. But you don't remember the climax, which is they went to move out. And when they were packing all their <laughs> shit up, one of the guys reached in and it was no longer in the jar... He found the frog that had disappeared in a jar under his uh, sink. And when he pulled it out, there was a pencil uh, inserted oh, right. into its rectum and coming out of its mouth. Yeah. So it was like a poltergeist. How is that situation. a ghost story? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's just creeps. Yeah. Yeah. But what about, see, that's why I actually stuck to the door. The idea of a door that couldn't possibly slam slamming leads to but some that, sort well, of. You know what? The thing is always like, it's either you believe that. Uh, those guys are lying or everything you know is lies, you know? Like right. You well, the, the, you're saying Occam's Razor, those guys are full of shit. They're lying to us. Yeah. That's the th actually, that's the thing, though, working at a magazine about that is a door slamming shut you hear all the time. A frog with a pencil through its asshole you don't hear. That's really specific. <laughs> but I think to Judd's point, it, that sounds like something a local rap scallion would do. Yeah, but I mean, that was a long story with lots of other haunting specifics along the way. But you had just said we are ending this podcast. Oh, no. Tell a half yeah, hour long story. Yeah, that's a great story. way to end the podcast. You're asking me to do like... You just believe in God. Yeah. <laughs> this should be quick. <laughs> no, I don't want to end the podcast. I just felt like that was a natural. No, no, no. This no, is no. what I'm saying is the ghost... we here a while. Ghost... <laughs> the ghost stuff... Yeah. That you've experienced. Points towards an Seems to, like, Kumail, you have a great bit where if you saw a ghost. Oh, yeah, I was like, if I see a ghost, it's scary for me on many different levels, you know? Like, there's, fuck, there's a ghost in my living room. Oh, fuck, there is a god. <laughs> fuck, I hope he's not Muslim. It's better if you hear the whole story. I was going to say, yeah. That was interesting, because if you said, Todd, you have a bit, I'd be like, oh, there's no way I'm doing this bit. <laughs> And he's like, oh, yeah, I get to do a bit. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but that's a bit with a point. I think part of the fun of seeing a ghost is you go, ah, terrifying. But in the back of your brain, you're like, there's meaning. I should go to the mosque. Yeah. yeah. I Why should go does pray. that mean there's meaning? It just might mean your spirit's stuck in an apartment. 
and there's no God, it's just wandering spirits with no central authority figure. I suppose. I suppose. Ronin. But just the idea of a soul seems to... I've actually never separated those two thoughts, the idea of souls and God. Usually those two when are, you were religious, what religion were you? Uh, guess. You were... I was Orthodox, a Christian, yeah, regular Orthodox, Christian. Regular, non-Catholic, Protestant okay. Christian. Not I call that regular Christian. How, how condescending is that? Regular. What do you was the real one? Yeah, the real one. Uh, so that, I, I like that answer. Todd, are you going to fucking answer I know, I, I, like, I like their answer as well. You're acting like I'm the only wise ass on the fucking chat. No, that's... <laughs> like everyone's the one being, really, touch you everyone's really being straight up and I, serious. I, and I, I'm I, like, Todd, oh, you're like... No, 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 maker. no. I want to know... I'm being a great fucking guest on your show. You absolutely... <laughs> and I you think the comment are. section, wherever this is posted, will... Uh, do you believe in uh, some sort of whatever conscious, I was going to say? Uh, Pete, conscious, you know, I uh, believe I taught you in an improv class that too many questions are bad for comedy. Yeah, we go over that lesson in improv. That's true. You're drilling us with questions about God, man. It's the same question, though. We all know it's coming. Yeah, and we, we keep dodging it. And you keep asking. No, you answered it beautifully. Yeah, we did okay. And then Todd said he believes what these guys. Yeah, said. I said I like their answer. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, well, listen. You're, you're, I really have a Saturday Night Live audition. <laughs> I told you about five-year engagement. You were too busy trying to make me look like I wasn't a cooperative guest <laughs> that you didn't listen to me answer your fucking awful question. I Was that good? We did religion. I liked it. Oh, I forgot that. He asked that question three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we were in a queue. That's the meatiest Q&A session. This was amazing. Oh, let's take another one. No, you want to do another one? Well, that, you can't just have a Q&A with one guy and then four-hour answer. <laughs> Okay, this just is like the first episode of... Uh, you, you want to do a full Q&A right now, huh? I want everyone in this room to get one question. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not fair. Okay, one more question at least. It's your show. I want to say I'm looking at my phone just because I have another show to get to, so I might, I'm gonna, I might run out during the three-hour <laughs> answer to this one. Okay. Yes. Was I required to believe what everyone said in the magazine I worked for? No. In fact, our policy was like, I don't think I would. <laughs> I, I've never heard of a job. <laughs> there are very few Let's jobs that require to alter your beliefs. <laughs> no, I There's th- a lot of pressure to be like, what's the question that's going to bring it home? His is about the magazine Weird New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, no, the answer is no. We didn't really believe. I mean,. No, we just wanted to tell good stories. We just wanted to, like, write down stories, you know? That was it. Only the Nazi party and, like, who requires you to change your beliefs to get a job? Hey, you, kid who wants to work at Weird New Jersey. We're going to alter how you think, motherfucker. <laughs> Things have changed. You are only employee at this fanzine. <laughs> One more? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a little yeah, P.T. Anderson the... picture. No, go ahead. Todd, what's your favorite movie? Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Who has one favorite movie? Jesus Christ. I have another show to get to. Who's <laughs> 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 exasperated? If I had to bet who would leave in the third act of this show... This is the third? I, I would have put money on Judd Apatow over... <laughs> <laughs> Show everybody! 
Thank you so much for coming out. We'll get it up online soon. You guys are the best. Hope you'll listen. Hope you'll listen. Now leaving Nerdist.com.